0: Hello and welcome to the national 's business podcast i 'm andy scott and i 'm joined by Mustafa al Rawi, the business editor for the national today we 're talking about all things aquatic, maybe not all things we might be actually be talking about a few trains as well but we 're going to start on the water p o one of the world 's biggest cruise operators, is going to use Dubai as a home port from two thousand and nineteen now. That might not sound that interesting. However, it means that Dubai's cruise terminal, which will be brand new in Dubai Harbour, which is a huge piece of infrastructure which is being built as we speak, is going to have one of the world's leading cruise operators there. And people are going to have to fly into Dubai to start a 10-stop cruise, which is going to be offered right around the Middle East. Um, of course, Abu Dhabi has been pushing for a lot of the cruise business as well. Or a lot of the malls operating links with the cruise terminals to get visitors uh, from the cruise lines into the miles, And it's a becoming a, an increasingly important part of the tourism business. Um, I think this is a significant move on, uh, on Dubai's
1: port. Well, it's interesting that you've got another global cruise operator deciding to base out of Dubai certainly they're building it uh, up the infrastructure for cruise ships and all kinds of marine uh, commerce if you like particularly on the tourism front and it seems to be that Dubai realizes if it can be strong in every aspect of tourism then that allows it to be all year round Um, In terms of a destination when, you know, maybe 20 years ago, 15 years ago, even 10 years ago, Dubai was very much seen as a winter sun destination. But when you're cruising and you're cruising around the region, then it allows the even though there is a cruise season it still allows you to have more people during your peak months and then be able to cater in the off-peak to other kinds of visitors as well so it brings people in all year round in different ways
0: i totally agree with you but i think what what's more important is the the just the 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 size of the infrastructure that is needed to cater to these these ships I mean, massive, uh, the massive, um, the the world's biggest cruise line has just been delivered. I don't think that will be arriving anytime soon. That's generally based uh, uh, around the Mediterranean. Uh, however, the fact is Dubai is backing itself with this huge Dubai harbour investment. Uh, it's going to have a cruise uh, terminal which can take 6,000 people a day. At the moment, uh, they can take about 4,000 people a day uh, down in Port Rashid. Everything's moving up to uh, the Jumeirah Beach uh, Hotel and around the marina. So it's a far more touristic venue than Port Rashid. And it makes a lot of sense, I think.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you're right where it, it seems like they're playing on their strengths. They're building up the coastline around that area. Particularly, you've got Palm Jumeirah, which is obviously a global landmark. So when people cruise into Dubai, they will cruise right up next to the Palm. And so that's a bit of excitement, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. As you said. And it feeds into everything else. It's also a little bit closer to Abu Dhabi's cruise terminals as well um, down south Uh, rather than going all the way from Port Rashid they'll be coming from a a bit of a closer venue and links it up all a little bit more tightly if you like in terms of there being different options across the gulf.
0: Well I think also the fact is Port Rashid of course it's a a deep harbour They're going to be developing that as well to take super yachts up to 85 metres long. There is nowhere at the moment, unless you're possibly part of the royal family, where you can park anything of such a similar stature. So Dubai is positioning itself as a place for the super rich as well. People with 85 metre boats generally tend to be um, at the higher end, I think.
1: Yeah. Well, it's interesting because you can build it, but the super wealthy are very demanding. And there's a reason why they dock in Monte Carlo and, uh, you know, Capri and places like that. It's because of what's on offer in Monte Carlo and Capri and places like that, Marbella and Ibiza. Is Dubai able to offer, and, you know, the wider Gulf, the same sights and and color uh, that these guys are going to get there?
0: No, it's not. But, because, I mean, the fact is you can't change the geography. But what it does say is for those, as I say, super rich, uh, what is it? Philip Green owns three super yachts. The super super rich own more than one super yacht. And why not? I mean, you know, Dubai is a destination. It's got to be one in the top 10 in the world now of, of people who who visit and in headlines around the world. So therefore, I think, um, yeah, they've, they're making a statement. And there's also Bulgari Island. Which is going to have um, fifty berths, which can take fifty-meter yachts. And Bulgaria Island is uh, a very—I I will never get to see it, I don't think. Uh, so
1: you were down at the boat show last week, which you, is you it's not, as big, yes. not as big—not as big you know? vessels, but you—you you were there, and and um, you know, did you get a sense that this was there was a growing appetite for for maritime fun and frolics?
0: Do you know what? I'm not sure whether there's a growing appetite, but there is. Other, I mean, I've, I've covered the, the boat show for the last few years. There's always an appetite for people to look they they are beautiful these boats i mean they are the, they are the most um the they are the epitome of luxury because most people this is just excess money people have beautiful homes they have beautiful cars they have beautiful second homes a yacht is something beyond that again so you, therefore, you
1: haven't heard the old cliche that you only enjoy two days on your own yacht the day you buy it and the day you sell it that's was true. that was that the feeling Were there a lot of people no, trying actually, to get rid of it do you know that
0: do you know what i heard quite the opposite i heard that people who own yachts when they come to sell their yacht they're selling it for a bigger yacht that's what, that's what i was told they said that size really does matter when you own a yacht. There's also there's,
1: there's also another one. I think this is from Bernie Eccleston. Never sign a deal on someone else's yacht <laughs> yes. because, because it's not going to go well for you. <laughs> yes. Did you notice any, anyone making sort of frantic signatures while you were down well,
0: there? Well, I, 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 I did a video, as I'm sure you saw, which was uh, me going around the 155-foot super yacht by Gulfcraft. And they sold while I was there one of their 135 yacht, uh, 135 foot yachts. And that's in the region of $20 million. I mean, yeah, there, are, there were people there who were, they weren't just browsing, they had the checkbooks out. So, therefore, it was worthwhile for Gulfcraft to show up. Also, while I was there, I, I took a, a trip on Jalboot, uh, Jalboot's new venture. Jalboot, um, they operate the tourist. Catamarans, which they designed, by the way, they launched in 2013. They're from Abu Dhabi. They go all around the islands here, into the mangroves. They stop at Abu Dhabi Mall and Emirates Palace, and they've they've extended their offerings now. They don't just put her around. They actually take you where they drop people off. They pick you up. They have you at lunch. You have high tea. Uh, it's, it's it's well thought out. But they've now moved into the retail of boats, and they've signed up with a Dutch company called Via. Um, and so I took a trip on the Via 38, an amazing bit of machinery. They call it. It's beautiful. Yeah, I have to they say. call it the Bentley of the sea. Uh, it's beautifully, beautifully finished. It's all wood finished, yes. right? Like a Reva, which yeah. is a, yes.
1: sort of the last um, Bentley of the sea. Yes,
0: like. and that's their their main competitor. But the uh, Reva, while well, they're sort of mass produced, um, Via only make twenty five a year. So you, it's a, really are a part of an exclusive club um it's it, and they have got a via 55 as well uh the, the the via 38 will cost you uh three million dirhams the via 55 will cost you probably double that um but it's well worth having a look if he, if anyone gets the chance of have seen what a via 38 looks like Get onto YouTube, have a look. The beautiful. Yeah, I, mean, I,
1: I saw your video, and the guy was trying to sell you on how quiet it was. It says, you know, if you're tr- if you're going to take a boat ride between Abu Dhabi and Dubai, this is the vessel to do it on. It's very <laughs> quiet. Was it quiet?
0: It was. Well,
1: listen, I'm very rarely on
0: boats speeding around the palm, so I don't know how how loud they are normally. I, I could hear him. He was. He had a he had a Dutch accent. He spoke like that. So, uh, you know, I, I was <laughs> I could understand. So you didn't him. understand him, is what you're saying.
1: But was uh, anybody when you? Riding on it. Was anyone driving up behind you in their other boat flashing their lights trying uh, to get you to oh, out
0: uh, way. Well, we did actually go into the palm one, so we were chased out by the Coast Guard. But anyway, let's let's move on. My my travel my travails at the boat show. We're wonderful. And uh, by the way, there is a video available online. Have a look in the national uh, business section. Uh but let's talk about the hyperloop We keep hearing about this. It's in
1: the name, Andy, in the hype. <laughs> yes. Very
0: good. Well, I okay. We heard about it one, well, about eighteen months ago. Well, this is the super duper. I'm going to call it a train, but it's not actually a train. It's a it's a tunnel or an enclosed a pipeline. Pipe, a, pipeline. Yeah? a pipeline, I think it's. Probably it travels the up to twelve hundred kilometers an hour, and they're talking about linking the whole of the GCC up with it. So of Dubai to Kuwait, over to Jeddah, down to Muscat. And you can do Dubai, Muscat in something like 20 minutes, Dubai, Jeddah in uh, an hour. The fact is, though, what is the need for that? What is the need? How many people travel to Kuwait from Dubai? Is the feasibility of the business plan likely enough to, to, to get this to uh, go-ahead? I mean, we're talking about launching it in 2021.
1: Well, they're not the only ones, and this is Hyperloop 1 which are the guys who kind of tied up with Dubai to explore this technology. And they're, they're out in the California desert building a, a model replica to test the feasibility. Nevada. not Nevada, sorry, no, yeah. forgive me. Yeah. West, near the West Coast. Yeah. Uh, so basically, we don't know how viable it is. Actually, there's been quite a bit of criticism saying that this is all good in theory, but in practice, it just won't work. So we don't know. It's one of those technologies that until they actually build a live scale uh, version of it, we're not going to be able to tell. Plus, what is the effect on you when you're traveling, sort of a frictionless travel in a vacuum, in a kind of pod, being pinged around like those old style mail systems that <laughs> yes. offices used to have, right? Yes. Or even, even in a you know in a pipeline, I think in oil pipeline they can send things around uh, like that very, very fast. But we have to explore these. Technologies—that's for certain. But are
0: we just hyping something which is a pipe dream here,
1: and that's not a pun? That's not—that's not always a bad thing. I mean, because we have to be ambitious and we have to explore this R&D and this technology, we don't know where it will lead us. But you ask, is there a need? Yes, of course there's a need. I mean, Emirates and Etihad and Qatar Airways might disagree and say, oh, you must fly. (laughs) But then, you know, we've, um, you know, in the last few months, we've seen other companies not quite as technologically advanced, but like GI Aviation, for example, who say that there is a lot of demand for interregional travel, uh, propeller planes, and they're saying, you know, people need the convenience, they need to travel faster, they can't just use scheduled flights. So on that level, people are saying there's demand. And we're saying that actually on a mass, this is a mass transport level, the transport system they're talking about with Hyperloop. That's, that's why people are like, is it really real? I think if we said this is for the super rich, everyone would be like, okay, fine. I can imagine you know, the, the, the billionaires pinging up and down Shigzai Road in a, in a <laughs> giant tube. But when we say mass transport, immediately we kind of think, can it be possible? We haven't had a train yet between the Emirates. No, right? Can which, we? Which again makes yeah. you think, really? But, really? but but isn't technology designed to cut through these things? I like will give an example of Africa. It's not quite the same, but um, in Africa they have problems with infrastructure in terms of comms. But then when mobile happened, they leapfrogged yeah. uh, some of the difficulties and were able to uh, interconnect. Whole communities because mobile didn't require the same kind of build that that old school communication infrastructure required.
0: No, you you, you are right, but I mean I think it just sounds so futuristic. It sounds so unlikely that it, the the it's financially viable that it does just become the sort of. I I'm not. I don't know if we're writing a comic when I'm writing. Oh, and I haven't actually written about it. But when when I'm reading about it, I'm thinking, is this? Yeah. yeah. What what is well, the? Well, how reality? much will the tickets be? Right. Exactly. You think you
1: think like if the government came out and said, look, we'll subsidize this. It doesn't matter what it costs. It's important to do it, and and we'll run it at a loss. Then you might start to say, okay, fine, I believe it. Right. Yeah. But nobody's yeah. come out and said that yet. Perhaps because there is nothing to to stake their claim on yet. Maybe it has to be a little ways, ways down the road. But Dubai, well, Dubai and, and there's also another company, another one pushing Hyperloop Technology in Abu Dhabi, looking for Abu Dhabi in that lane. I think what UAE is saying is that, okay, let's look into this. We're not going to say no. We're going to be open-minded because we actually, it costs us nothing, right? No, well, it's all, there must be some investments from this side of the street, must not there? Well, in relative terms, it's costing them nothing to explore it. Yeah. I mean, this is all just feasibility at this stage. It's all proof of concept. That well, they're well. About.
0: Apparently, they're looking for the to get the regulations in place by 2018. Yeah, I mean that. I mean, if when governments start, putting <laughs> you uh, put in legislation in place. That's when you start. You'll to regulate
1: think... Hyperloop much quicker than you regulate any drone to re- yes. regulation because that's just so difficult to police. Yeah, that's you true. know the Hyperloop isn't moving anywhere; it's fixed. Yeah, you know. Yeah, well, yeah while...
0: no, I, I see your point, but I still, do, I well, okay, look, I I I just thought we should d- discuss how
1: fictional Hyperloop is. right, I've is. got a question for you then. All right. What's going to come first? Aerial unmanned vehicles <laughs> or Hyperloop in terms of mass use? Well, okay, I doubt either will actually so it's contribute. sort of what this what
0: there's is it, it as we said last week it takes a
1: very brave man to get into it. Right. So unmanned the de- between aerial the, are, vehicle are you, are you agoraphobic or are you claustrophobic <laughs> or are you what's the, what's the one when you're afraid of heights uh, vertigo is it, it? no there's the other one. I don't know there's, there's a phobic Is there? This, uh, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah there's another one so it depends choose your poison if you like
0: yeah well I, I put me down for all three if, that's, if it keeps me out of any unmanned drone I think on that note we'll leave it there Stefan, uh, I hope you enjoyed that, and I hope you all tune in next week.